Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So online search engine Google honored the late South African child activist uh, Ngosi Johnson with a Google doodle that was today. I don't know if you've seen it. Go to, to Google. You may, you may see it. But Ngosi Johnson, as you remember, was born on the February the 4th, 1989 and would have turned 31 today. Uh, his mom joins us now on the line, Gay jo- Gail Johnson, who's a founder and director of Gossi's Haven. Good afternoon and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Pamela. Are you well? We are well. Let's start with, I mean, some good memories, Gail. Uh, on a day like this, how do you remember Ngosi? Um, well, it's, it's first of all quite a mind-blowing day because, you know, 31, one wonders what he would be like. Mm. But um, my fondest memories of him, obviously, is the World AIDS Conference. But he's in my time was always in the kitchen. <laughs> so while I was cooking, he was feeding the animals and they were anorexic by the time he'd finished <laughs> because he, no, he was so slow <laughs> but he would also try and tell me a joke and he either got the giggles before the punchline <laughs> or he forgot you know so, <laughs> but that was our time yeah, oh, yeah that's a really really precious memory there so yes. i mean you know you so you say that um he he had a sense of humor obviously but i'm imagining now on a more serious note these were sort of symptoms correct of of of, of his living with hiv um, sorry, were, I'm just saying the forgetfulness and the slow, the oh, slowness. Yes. These were symptoms, correct? Yeah, but also, you know, his lungs were very damaged. Mm. So, because when I took him on, he had TB. Yeah. So he was never going to be a marathon runner. And he was so chuffed one day, he came back from school and came second last. <laughs> In, in the <laughs> track race. And I said, well, you know, well, the guy came last in the wheelchair because no, my kid couldn't make it. Um, but yeah, slow and then towards, you know, when we realized that something was going seriously wrong, uh, he'd just come back from Cape Town in December and um, yeah, the memory was going and the speech was going. Yeah. And that was before the coma. Yeah. yeah. Just take us through, you know, just his life, where he had come from. Um, and for those who are too young and may not remember, just take us back there. How did you eventually get to adopt Nkosi? Um, Well, first of all, I never adopted him. I never signed a paper oh, yes. okay. for him mm. because um, he was admitted to the guest house, which was, a care center for, for, at that stage, white gay men. And his uh, doctor was on our board. So his mom had said that she couldn't take him back into the township because she was petrified that the community would establish that he was infected. And then obviously she was. So um, when the guest house closed due to lack of funds, I took it and course he home. And I hadn't even met mom, but I just said I would care for him because he had no alternative. And this poor child had gone from township to hospital to guest house. And then when guest house closed, we were to say, 
you know, mm. go somewhere else. And I thought, no, no, come home. You know, and Gail, so that's how he moved in. You make such an important point because so many of us forget how bad that stigma was for people oh, living with HIV mm. and AIDS. Just for the community to know that you were living with HIV and yeah. AIDS was almost like a death sentence. Well, it was. You may remember a couple of years after that, um, Gugu Glamini was stoned to death for coming yes, out. Yes, So, I mean, no, I mean, I was asked when I took coffee on, um, do I boil his sheets? Oy. Do I boil, you know, I mean, it, and, you know, people would sort of shift about five feet away from us if we sat on the grandstand, for example, watching um, cars at Kailami because he loved motor racing. Oh, no, we were like... Um, diseased ourselves <laughs> no, it was unreal and, and it was sad because it was a death sentence then you obviously then took him on and and what yeah. just just give us again remind us what happened to his mom his mom passed away two where are we now 97 i took him on 92 so five years later, she passed away from an AIDS-related yes. disease. Yes. And at that time, I was trying to get him into school. So there was that chaos. And then, um, the term he was going to start, because the school didn't admit him the first term, because they were doing workshops around how to deal with infected kids. And, uh, and mom passed away in the April holidays. So I took him down to the funeral and he started school almost the next day type thing. So yeah, you've had quite a tough time. I just, you know, I want us to go back because one speaks of it now and it sounds like something that comes out of a fiction, uh, a novel. Um, But that that stigma and the process, and I mean, I'm listening to you and you speak of it like it was an easy process, but getting him into school was not very easy. That was a massive battle that you had on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, let me take a quick break, uh, Gail, uh, as I pay okay. the bills, and then we'll continue having this conversation. 0891-104-207. I welcome your calls. If you remember those times, we so quickly forget really how difficult it was uh, for people living with HIV and AIDS. And we're celebrating um, Gossie Johnson, who would have been 31 today, 19 minutes after one. SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. We are normal. We are human beings. We can walk. We can talk. We are deep, just like everyone else. We are all the same. Thank you. Sure. Gail Johnson, mother of um, Gossie Johnson, who passed away. Um, from HIV and AIDS-related illnesses, and uh, he would have been 31 today as we celebrate him today. Uh, Gail Johnson joins me now on the line. And uh, Gail, do you remember that day? <laughs> God, yes. And, and that, hearing that little voice is just, you know, sent shivers down my spine. But yes, I, it was an evening actually, and I, I was freaking because I, I thought he wouldn't cope, mm. but he coped magnificently. And I 
Uh, well, I burst with pride because it was unbelievable. I mean, and, and the, the response was quite mind-blowing. It, it it brought it home for for many of us um, who yeah. understood what it is that he was actually saying, um, because here we were with a government that was not willing to pay for 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 medical assistance for people living with HIV and AIDS, but his face bringing to life just what yeah. that meant to all of us, and I think. The frailty, his his frailty was just such a stark reminder of what it is that we are faced with at that time. Yeah, was he yeah. nervous? Were, I know you said you were nervous, but was he nervous going up to this conference? Well, <laughs> you know, when he was asked to speak, he just said yes. <laughs> so I said to him, look, this isn't going to be a school hall. <laughs> because... You know, because he he had chatted at school halls after the policy around admitting HIV positive kids had been passed. So, and he he took questions very bravely at schools. So I said to him, "This is not a school hall. Are you sure?" <laughs> yes. So we get to um, oh God, what's that cricket arena in Durban? Kingsmead. Yes. And we walked through the stadium and he took one look at this and he looked at me and said, this is big, Mom. So I said, yeah, (laughs) big. So he said, I think I'm going to do it myself. I said, so am I, but you're going to have a nappy on. I won't. Because, yeah. When he got onto the stage, I took him round, you know, to sort of pick him up to put him on the stage. He, he, he didn't seem nervous. I, I was shaking like a leaf. Hmm. And then he just was like so chilled. And what hurt him the most was when President Mbeki got up and left during his speech. Mm. Because it, it's exactly that, right? It was at that 13th International uh, Conference in Durban yeah. that I think yeah. the world really stood up and took notice. Um, it, it was a very, it was a pivotal moment. As you said, you know, you also yeah. had uh, President uh, Tabumbeki at the time walking walking out. Yeah. Things changed at that point, didn't they, for, for you yeah, No, look, absolutely, because... The Western world, I think, suddenly sat up because up until, you know, suddenly, of course, he was in their sitting room because he had a a TV viewership of about about 60 million, apparently. Now, prior to that, people had been hearing the the devastation of HIV AIDS in sub-Saharan Africa, but no, you know, 50 million people infected that you can't conceptualize that. And then suddenly, there was this little boy in your sitting room saying, I'm Corsi Johnson, I have AIDS. And that he gave AIDS a face in Africa, no doubt about that. And and people really sat up then, yeah. Gail, I mean, we sit here today, um, and, and as you said earlier, you wonder what he would have been like, what he would be doing, and so on. And we sit here today where ARVs are readily available. What yeah. does that make you feel like? Does are you are you better? Because it was it's it's it was just a timing thing, right? Had he been born at a different time? No, no, I'm not bitter. Mm. Um, when I took him on, I knew he was infected. We had been dealing with gay men who were dying, and it was the most horrible death on earth. 
that there was a delay is um, a sin that so many people in South Africa died because people were ostrich, people denied that it was happening. Um, the tragedy of babies being born to die, I mean, that freaked me out. Um, he took a stand. He, he made a statement. And I think he lived his life to the full as he could have as an infected child. So, yeah, he would have been 31 today, possibly wanting to take my seat over as the director of Inkofi's Haven. Um, and I sincerely hope that he would still be lobbying because now we've got to look at our, our youth who are being so irresponsible. Hmm. What has become of Nkosi's Haven? Oh, well, we're sitting here panicking because our funds are or next to nothing, but um, I've got about 98 children and 22 moms. We admitted a young girl last week, I mean, talking of HIV AIDS, and she only weighs 21 kgs in this day and age, which is why. Is there still the denial? Was she hiding from it? I don't know. You know, we still need to sort all that out. She's not on treatment, Gail? Mm? When you found her, she wasn't on treatment? No. Sure. So I don't know whether there was a denial in the family yeah. um, or what. You know, she's, she's, her command of the English language mm. isn't that good, so I haven't sat and chatted. Mm. But that shouldn't be happening. And it, she's young. It brings it home, doesn't it? Because we, we, yeah. we now have policies, we now have, when we speak of what we've been able to achieve, and you sit here telling us that you just last week admitted somebody who either the family was not quite dealing with it from, from an, a frank point of view or whatever the case may yeah. be, but she obviously slipped through the cracks. She was yeah. not somebody that we were able to, to assist at the right time. I so, hope to God we can turn her around. Yeah. She's looking a lot happier already. But yeah. <laughs> so, you know? uh, who, who funds you now, Gail? Um, is this a quiz? <laughs> no. I mean, look, people are listening. <laughs> no, look, our, our bank account is almost zero. Yeah. We try to get a second bond from the bank and we can't because um, we can't put up the property as security. Yeah. <laughs> and no, we're in trouble. We need to get government funding, and that's the battle I've got to take on now. But uh, we're in a very, very precarious position, uh, and, and I don't like it. Yeah, uh, up until now, is, has it been private donors that have kept you afloat? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but not nearly, sorry, that's. Yeah, go ahead. I'm no, 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 it. I've got time to. No, listen. no, 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 I've just put my finger on it. Okay. No, it's really okay, because I think you are not the only one. I think so many, um, oh, and yeah. I, yeah, there are so many uh, NGOs out there that are, you know, that are in, in, in situations like yours. So I think it's really important that you open up about the difficulties. Yeah, no, it's, it's chronic, because, you know, uh, the Soweto Gospel Choir raises money for us when they kill this woman. Sorry. Um, so when they tour internationally mm. and um, we get 50% and the choir has an outreach program called Vakani. Now that is for support of 
mostly child-based organizations. And we did 18, 19 outreaches just before Christmas. And it was for basic food stuff. Now, these were all registered nonprofit organizations, all got a constitution, all got a certificate, and they cannot survive. Gail Johnson, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us now. She is Ngosi Johnson's mother. And as we were just celebrating what would have been his 31st birthday, Google today honored him. Uh, I think it's just absolutely beautiful. If you if you haven't seen it, please go into Google and you'll see it's just uh, it's beautiful. Uh, it's a Google doodle that they honored him with. And uh, we're just reflecting on the life that was of Ngosi Johnson. One thirty now, let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in headlines. Good afternoon, Utsi